How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, welcome back, folks. It is the second hour of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. And uh, Danny Bush, me, Tommy the True Newbauer, here to uh, enlighten you, entertain you, or bore the hell out of you for the next hour. But we will uh, try to get on some topics that uh, eh, they are interesting to us. If you have any topic that you want to jump on, all you got to do is call us at 414-799-1250. And, uh, oh, and, and I do have to mention that we do come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. So if you're an early riser, you know, you can, you know, get up early and start your day with us if you'd like. Anyway, uh, so right now we're experiencing some technical difficulties. We're, we don't even know if we're on the air or not, Danny. Did you hear it out there? No, the, I didn't. I heard it, sound, it sounds like a jet plane. Yeah, it sounds like a jet plane out there in... Uh, so, uh, you know, somebody just called Aunt Jazz answered it to see maybe somebody's telling us if we're on or not. Yeah. Well, Mike went out to his car to check it. Yeah. Did a caller tell us if we were on or not? Yeah, we're 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 off on on. Oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're okay. Live. We're hot. We're hot. We're hot. That's all. All we had to do. God, what did we say this morning? God has a sense of humor. Mike McGivern climbed the telephone. Oh, oh he did. You're, you're not oh, on. there he is. Look at him. Yeah. Holy crap. Danny. I can see it out the window. Danny, your mic's not on. Huh? There you go. Now you, are. now you are. Before you weren't when you were talking. We're experiencing your... You your, weren't on. Oh but anyway, yeah, he, was he, up, he went out and it's checked like, it. It's uh, like, what was that? Was that Green Acres or Petticoat Junction? Green where, Acres. Where they'd climb the telephone pole Green to make Acres. a phone call? Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah, Mr... Mr. Douglas on the phone, Paul. Yep. So anyway. Mr. Haney down below. So I will repeat it because we might not have been on the air before, but you can give us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. When I opened, I I said, uh, we're here to entertain you, inform you, or just bore the hell out of you. (laughs) So (laughs) One of the three. I do have a a topic I'd like to introduce, Tom. Yes, what's that? Okay. So CWD, yeah. chronic wasting disease. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, hunting in Monroe County, and I shot an old buck. And I thought, hey, it's kind of old looking. Maybe I'll get him tested for CWD. So I drove down 
to uh, not all the way to the Dells, but somewhere somewhere there in another, I think it was Juneau County, where they, they were testing or they did test. And the DNR guy's there, and uh, he's their specialist. He goes, well, I wouldn't worry about it. Monroe County's not one that we're worried about, you know, testing for CWD, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, okay. Well, at the time, Tom, I'm thinking, well, to the west of Monroe County is La Crosse County, but uh, to the north, um, and there's several counties surrounding it, to the north, to the east, and to the south, all the counties have, in the DNR booklet, they're, they're shaded mm-hmm. because they're DNR-affected counties. Yeah. Well, this year, the DNR uh, implemented, or actually for the first time, encouraged testing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Before that, it seemed like there was kind of a, uh, I want to put our head in the sand and, you know, not, you know, not find out. Now, I was looking at the old booklet before yeah. 2017, and out of the uh, 72 Wisconsin counties, 43 were shaded as being uh, CWD-affected areas. Now, one thing I didn't realize when I looked at those shaded areas, Tom, is just because it's shaded does not mean that they've actually found CWD in it, but it does mean that um, there's been a CWD deer either uh, wild or um, in a, you know, one of those farms, whatever, non-wild, within 10 miles of that county. Oh, okay. So they shade that county if one's been found within 10 miles mm-hmm. of the county line. And you baiting is no longer allowed. So they, mm-hmm. they the baiting and feeding is prohibited. Well, this year, I haven't heard it's been real quiet after they've done it, but I, I went online, did some checking. That's now up from 43 out of the 72 counties. It's now up to 48 out of the 72 counties. So it went up by five more counties. Mm-hmm. So this thing is is basically basically going and in the in the counties that the five additional counties that were added now a CWD effect that are La Crosse, Monroe, Lincoln, Langlade, and Menominee. Out of those five, Lincoln County is one that not only has, you know, deer within ten miles of the county border testing positive, uh, Lincoln County actually tested positive for a mm-hmm. CWD in Lincoln County. Mm-hmm. So the fact of the matter is, when you look at this map and all the shaded area, when you look at the counties in between, there's no way that they can't be not affected either. <laughs> I know, yeah. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. like all surrounding yeah. all around, it's yeah. just that they haven't happened to find it there right. yet. So the, the fact is, it's it's got to be in every county in the state now. I would think so. Let me ask you this question. Since elk are in the deer family... Elk can be affected by this too, right? Yeah, in fact, I believe, and I could be wrong on my history, maybe one of our great historian listeners to the Cutting Edge Outdoors can call. I believe uh, CWD was initially, I think, found in elk out west. Mm-hmm. I think they found it in elk and maybe... That's what I thought too. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe it was even elk and even maybe before deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so sure. Well, I guess now if, if we want to avoid the spread of CWD, then is reintroducing elk all that good of an idea i i don't know maybe it doesn't make any there's so many deer and they have it but at this point it's pretty much everywhere 
And uh, I think it's almost going to get to a point where getting every deer tested. Now, I do believe there's quicker ways of getting it. It seems to me I read something where you can actually get without dropping the head off somewhere. It seems to me somebody's come up with a test. that you, Yeah, your own testing Your own kit. type thing. I, I, think I, I think I read something about that, but I'm not positive. But that, that would be a lucrative lucrative thing to mm-hmm. invest in. If someone could come up with an instant test yeah, that you yeah. carry in the field, like an instant pregnancy test, <laughs> right? <laughs> the CWD test. <laughs> instant pregnancy test. The, the, the paper funny. turns blue or something yeah. like that. Is that how that works, Plus, Pluses and minuses. I don't know. My wife never it's past took your, one of those. Way past that time. Yeah, that stuff wasn't knew. invented back then. Yeah. You just noticed they were gaining a little weight. Yeah. <laughs> and other and other things, yeah. yeah. And other things, yeah. All yeah, fishing, all hunting, all, all the time. time. Well, of course. Okay. Of course we are. Yeah. That's what we do. But um I yeah, I'm you know, I we were talking about Big Cedar Lake before and I haven't been out there in quite a while because of the fact it kind of turned into Delavan Lake North. You know, especially on the weekends. Too many. Super uh, busy. Really busy. So, but this year I'm going to make a conservative effort to get out there during the week, you know, and uh, fish that again. Because we would catch a lot of bass, big crappies, uh, northern pike. I mean, you know, my there and there's a lot of walleyes in there right now. My too. best advice to those wanting to get big pike is to quit thinking like you're fishing for pike and start fishing more for musky. Oh yeah. Well, pick up some of some uh bulldogs or medusas, chuck those out in deep water in the mm-hmm. middle of summer, let them count them down, have a smoke tom, let them mm-hmm. and then just work them back 30 feet of water, whatever, mm-hmm. back to the boat, yeah. rip and pause and you can get some nice the, pike hammering the, them. All the biggest pike like I've caught on Pewaukee Lake have been fishing for muskies and normally on bucktails. Normally on bucktails. And all all the big pike I've caught out there have been on bucktails fishing for muskie. Yeah, definitely, right. without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Now I catch some nice pike, you know, because I use larger spinner baits, you know, right for the bass, and uh, we catch a lot of decent pike on those, you know, fishing oh, sure. for bass, you know. So you know, we we're not expect you know not expecting it, but it's a lot of fun. But well, for years people used to say the inline spinners like bucktails for muskies yeah. in the spinner bait style, whatever they call the yeah. off arm, whatever they call a spinner bait for pike. Mm-hmm. But they do work for both. Oh, yeah, they work for both. we got to take a quick break, and then we will get to your calls when we get back. 799-1250 is the phone number. He's Danny Bush. I'm Tommy the True Newbauer. 799-1250 is the phone number. Stay tuned for more. Shoot a buck. Shoot a buck. Hey, shoot a buck. Hey, shoot a buck. Hey, shoot a buck. Hey, shoot a buck. Oh, yes, the old days. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. 799-1250. And uh, how, how much longer do we have to be here, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I think it seemed like a bad <laughs> 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 
You got you got a, you got somewhere to go. I've you got been a hot busy. Yeah. I got <laughs> been people busy. to see, things to do. Or unlike unlike, well, Tom's got places got a place to be. Today. Laundry would be nice. Clean yeah. socks would yeah. be nice. I'm tired of turning them inside out. Um, I was going to do that yeah. just so many times. Another lake that used Underwear to be too. a big pike lake. I mean, for lots of pike yep. and big ones was Nagawicka. But what you know what happened out there was they lost the spawning ground habitat, the spawning habitat for pike. Yep. All those big reed banks on the west side of the lake, uh, northwest side of the lake, those big reed banks over the years disappeared, and uh, that's where the pike like to spawn in, and uh, those those went away, you know, and so did the a lot of the pike population. I mean, there's still plenty of pike out there, but not like it used to be years ago. Not like it used to be. Um, another sleeper spot is actually the Milwaukee Harbor area. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's pike there. I, yeah. Years ago, I heard a story from a buddy of mine. He told me, I think it was my buddy Mike Sklander. He may be listening now. He told me about somebody who had told him, a, he was managing a health club, told him about some spot on the river down here, close to, just off the harbor where there's a, a discharge, a warm a discharge that goes into the river, and guys were catching big pike mm-hmm. on uh, just floats and a sucker minnow. Yeah. And they were getting some 40 inches. Mm-hmm. So now if a guy has a spot where he's getting big pike, he's not going to nece- necessarily try and tell the world. Right, definitely. And, and you know what? One thing, maybe it's a good thing. I like fishing for big pike, but pike... Not a lot of people really do fish for pike so much. I love fishing for pike for for several reasons. Number one, they're a great fight. You know, I mean, they, they'll hammer a bait. They'll fight like heck. Uh, you know, even the smaller ones, they, they fight like heck. But the secondary reason is I like eating them, too. They're very good eating. I mean, once you get those Y-bones out, man, they're excellent. Excellent eating. So, yeah. Yeah. They're at, well, they're wonderful, yeah. My boys and I, yeah. When when we catch a couple of legal pike, oh, we're cooking those baby up, you know. But uh, anyway, but yeah, pike fishing is one of those. It, it's one of those fish that saves the day a lot of times, you know. When when other fish aren't biting like you would hope they would, and then all of a sudden you luck into a you know some pike action. Oh, that's always fun. It's, that's one of the reasons like people like going out to Big Muskego at Bass's Bay. You know, they know they're not going to really get a monster out there, but it's just fun catching them. And and I think all three of my boys, their biggest pike all came from Bass's Bay and Big Muskego. You know, fish that were in the 36, 37, 38-inch class, you know, over the years. Um, so, you know, they, they can get big out there. You know, they get decent size. Another spot, they get big pike every year. You'll hear uh, up there by... Uh... I believe Rowley's Bay, mouth of the Mink River, where I went smallie mm-hmm. fishing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year, guys do the brown trout fishing. It's on the Lake Michigan side right, of the Door right. Peninsula. Guys in the spring will troll rapalas for browns. And every year, they'll snag into a 40-inch mm-hmm. pike. You'll read about it in the Green Bay Press Gazette. And uh, My buddy Horton was up there this fall. Smalley fishing, and it kind of depends which way the water's blowing, Tom, whether that cold Lake Michigan water kind of blows. And a bunch of cold water, the water temperature dropped drastically, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they were catching a bunch of pike. Hmm. They were catching, yeah. And we got a, when we were in that Mink River last year, Smalley fishing, we were catching a bunch of pike, and they were small ones, 
But at the time we talked about, hey, what if a guy, and it goes into like a marshy area, that yeah. Mink River goes back like a mile or two, whatever, yeah. and then it's all marsh. Mm-hmm. What if a guy, you know that's got to be a spawning area yeah, for pike. Definitely. And there yeah. actually is a trail that a guy can walk, the, walk down there. We saw the trail because there were guys fishing from the bank, and uh, Horton did a little asking around and found out that, yeah, you can walk on down there. And he did bump into a guy who does walk down that trail and fishes that Mink River through the ice for pike and does quite mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those secret little height off in the, yeah. you know, off in the boonies type spots. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of spots that a guy could, some of the backwaters of the Wisconsin River and, uh, and Mississippi River, some of those sloughs and yep. so forth. Um, the, the, uh, the cranberry marshes have a bunch of big yeah. pike in them too, cause most of those are spring, mm-hmm. spring fed. So there's lots of areas off the beaten path that if you wanted to just try and get big pike. You know, you mentioned the sloughs of the backwaters in the Mississippi. Um, two things happened to me back there that, God, they were, they were funny, but yet it uh, wasn't funny at the time. I was fishing uh, a tournament back there and I had just gotten a new bass boat. And I didn't realize that the gas gauge was way off. Some of those boats, the gas gauges can be way off. Uh, yeah. And I'm in this slough, way in the backwater, me and this guy, we're fishing, and we go to leave, and I'm out of gas. It, well, motor, engine won't start? And I'm, well, what the heck's going on? And, if, and I look at the gas gauge, and I'm, well, geez, it says we got like a, over a quarter of a tank, you know? I didn't realize it was off. I thought there was something wrong. But you put it, the two monkeys on the oars then? No. Or? Well, no, there were no oars on a bass boat. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you know? No monkeys so either. we're just keep fishing, you know, and we're fishing our trying, you know, there's no way we're going to get out of here without gas, right? Well, at least. Not even trolling motor, I, uh, impulse it power? Would, it would take us a while under impulse power to get, uh, but gotcha. we'd never get anywhere on the river, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. anyway, thank goodness a friend of mine came by. And uh, I asked him, uh, hey, can, can we siphon some gas out of your boat into mine? Because I might be out of gas, but I don't know for sure. Right. The engine won't start. And he said, yeah, sure. And he pulled out this big, long hose. Let me guess, a with, siph- a, with a tube on the, with, a, no, with like a bulb on the end? No, it didn't have that. Okay. Just a mouth, mouth suction, you know. See, I bought one with a, yeah, with with a, a tube. Yeah. yeah, and drained my auger yeah. a couple weeks well, ago. I, Buck 99 know, for yeah. this. Well, this is when I learned that one of the things I should have in my boat is a siphon hose, just in case, you know. And we siphoned out a few gallons of gas, and sure enough, fired right up. That was the problem. I got out to a you know marina and was able to get gas. So that was one scary thing. The other one was... I'm on the other side of the river another year with a friend of mine fishing a tournament up there. And he says, oh, yeah, I've been back here before. I've been back in these. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. So, we, you know, you come up to these forks, right? You'd be going along. All of a sudden, it would go to the left and to the right. Which way do we go? And my friend would say, okay, go to the right here. Go to the left here. And we're way back in the middle of nowhere. Now we're leaving. We come up to a fork. I said, which way? Boy, I'm not sure, he says. What do you mean you're not sure? I, I'm i not sure uh, which way to go. There's a time in every young Wait, man's life where you decide and, and this which is, fork in the river yeah, you're and going this is, to take. And this is before GPS or any of that right. stuff. I mean, and it's like, oh, my God. So now we're guessing going. And we went up this one fork. We went up this one route, and we ran out of water. And I said, well, I guess this ain't the way. You know, it 
just ended, you know. So we had to call turn. it call it a hunch. Yeah, we finally finally found our way out. But I'm telling you, you can get back, you can get lost back in those sloughs. You can literally get lost if you don't know where you're get going. Back there, but you know, was there a toothless guy in a bridge no. playing a fiddle when uh, you went through? If there was, banjo? I wasn't going to be around long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to squeal like a piggy. Anyway. Uh, but that brings up the point about railroads and sloughs and fishing areas on the Mississippi. You know, there's this stupid rule that was enacted a number of years ago where you can't cross railroad tracks unless there's an authorized railroad crossing. Now, for generations, uh, for 100 years, guys have been parked their car on one side. They walk across railroad tracks, go down a little, in, you know, just a little incline, and they're fishing on the Mississippi River. They're like literally... A five-minute walk away. But you can't do that anymore. You have to drive to where there's an actual crossing, but you'd have to drive maybe 20 minutes. So you ain't going to walk that distance to get to some of those good spots. Well, the governor is being petitioned to get rid of that rule where you can't walk across a railroad track. The only people who get killed on railroad tracks, okay, there's two type of people, people who want to end their own life. And, and there's been a couple of really sad instances where young people have been walking across railroad tracks. I know one was out in Oconomowoc where they got their headphones on and they're playing music loudly. They don't hear the train coming and they're just walking along, you know. And then next thing you know, they're getting hit by a train, you know. But generally, people going ice fishing, walking across the tracks, they come up, they look both ways. Oh, you can see for miles, well, excuse me, see for miles, you know. Oh, no train coming. We're just walking. I mean, how long does it take you to get along, get across a railroad track? Ten seconds, you know? Walk across and go down to your fishing spots. So, anyway, that's one of the things being brought up to the governors to get rid of that stupid rule. And it is a dumb rule. We got to take a break. Is that okay with when you? When we come back, I'll tell you about a tragic accident I, where I almost got killed on the railroad tracks. Uh-oh. Yep. Listen to that music too loud? No? Nope. No? Okay. We'll be right back. And Involve Danny, the rabbit. All right. Oh, those damn rabbits. (laughs) We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Give us a call, 799-1250. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. Yeah, and we got a caller on the line. We got uh, Randy on there. Is that my is that my cue to introduce the caller? No, just your oh, oh just your cue to oh. put him online. Oh well, I've got Randy calling yeah. from the south side. <laughs> Randy, what's going on? Hey, Randy. Hey, good how morning. are you guys doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, when I when I was younger, I'm talking about sixty-eight, uh, maybe seventy-two. Me, my dad, and my three younger brothers, we used to fish in in Pewaukee off them railroad tracks right there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Really? And that's, you know, the Amtrak, that was the Amtrak train. That sucker be going, you know, 60, 70 miles. They still go through there. Yeah. Right. They still go through there, but they they don't allow any fishing down there anymore. Right. I mean, we fished right there. That train came by us about three to four feet from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I remember as a kid yeah. up in Green Bay, we'd go out to the any kid, a lot of kids, sportsmen remember 
I'm going to go to the tracks. That's mm-hmm. all you said. I'm going to the tracks. And you took your BB gun and you shot at, you know, Tweety Birds. And you maybe went with a shotgun and tried to shoot pheasants when you got older. And there was un- wildlife like you wouldn't believe along a railroad tracks. And mm-hmm. if it was by a river, you'd go fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were so many spots where you can go down the rocks, you know, a couple of feet. And we'd fish all day there, and we'd put our panties and our, you know, yeah, nickels. I, on the tracks, I could never find them after the train went through. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I, I kept oh, hearing yeah. about how you'd find this flat, and I never found a one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, love your show. Take all care, right. man. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, there went half my allowance yeah. <laughs> trying to find that flattened by the tracks. Um, That's one thing I never did. I never put... I, if I did, I don't remember it, but I don't think I ever put a penny on the tracks. And we used to, there used to be a real track yard not far from where I grew up, and uh, we'd go over there and climb on top of them, you know. Oh, you guys climb, were real bandits. Yeah, we climbed on top of those uh, railroad cars. You know, it, back in the day, um, we used to go to the tracks all the time. I remember a couple of memories. One time we found a strange kind of a campfire by the side of the railroad tracks in oh, some yeah. rabbit fur. Oh. And and back in the day we used they'd everybody would say bums, be careful there's bums by yeah. the railroad tracks. Now they used to actually call them I guess hobos. Hobos. Yeah, yeah. and they actually hobos. my dad was telling me about that years ago where there actually was a hobo convention at a, a at a town where they'd actually I guess ride the rails to there and have like a so. But anyway, that was the his kids were like, oh, maybe one of the bums was riding the train and killed a rabbit and ate it by a campfire here. Wouldn't doubt it. Um. Anyway, we saw a. uh, I felt bad there. One year I was up there. There was a female pheasant sitting on a nest Mm -hmm. just off the railroad tracks, and Mm. I thought, why is it sitting ten feet from the tracks? Yeah. And it wouldn't fly. It yeah. wouldn't fly because, you know, it's on its nest. Yeah. And later I felt bad. I came back. And, you know, sometimes there'd be like little fires that would start from the trains. I don't know how, but there'd be like a little burnt area grass yeah. going down from the train tracks. Mm-hmm. And I went there and it had burnt where that pheasant nest had been. So I felt bad that that, mm. uh, that the pheasant was gone. But the time I got injured on the tracks, I was walking along with my bow and arrow in a rabbit. Cottontail rabbit went running up one side of the tracks, over the tracks to the other side. So I took off like a rabbit myself, like a young (laughs) rabbit, running, chasing it foolishly. And when I got to the tracks, my foot (laughs) tripped on one track and my chest landed on the rail of the other one. Oh, I don't know how I didn't crack some ribs. And my younger brother, Tim, was with me. And I just rolled over. I couldn't breathe. And I kind of said, pump my legs. Because when I was a kid in the backyard one time and fell off a swing set and couldn't breathe, my dad had grabbed my ankles. And if you're laying on your back, he mm-hmm. grabbed my ankles and he pushed my knees towards my chest yeah, and pulled okay. back. And by doing that, you can start breathing again. Oh, really? I don't know if it's an old Korean oh. medic trick that he learned. So my okay. brother did that. I got my breath back. And my hand had also hit on that. On the, What's the treatment they put on those lousy, oh, uh, what is yeah, that, uh, uh, creosote? Creosote, or, yeah, yes. On, on, the, on, on one of the, so I'm pulling splinters out of the palm of my hand, but I didn't realize that months later, I'm playing uh, softball in, the, in, in like grade school uh, during the middle of gym class, and I hit, hit a ball, 
and it was like a broken bat type of thing where the mm -hmm. shock hit my yeah, hand. Yeah. And this big half-inch spike came out of the palm of my hand with all kinds of pus all over it Ooh. that I didn't even know had been in there. It Ooh. had been embedded forever Wow. from that fall on the tracks. Now, you said you almost got ran over by a train, though? No, no. Oh. I broke my leg on the tracks and never realized that one time I was running down the side of... Here's here's a safety tip, Egon. No running near railroad tracks. Because I was running down the side <laughs> of the tracks, and there were broken slabs of concrete. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I slipped, and my, my, my shin landed on the corner of one oh. of those broken slabs. Oh. And the pain, oh, my God. I was like oh. 16 years old, 15, whatever. And I just, I couldn't move. I couldn't, it hurt <clears> bad. <throat> and for like several months, if I just bumped that spot on my yeah. leg, I'd double over. And yeah. years later... I had an x-ray, and I had a doctor say, do you know you broke your leg once? <laughs> I actually cracked my leg on that one and never yeah. knew it. But we wow. had a kid, We had a kid. Uh, his name was Jeffrey Ellers, and he wasn't the sharpest kid in the neighborhood at the time, and he was like five years old, and he was out on the railroad tracks with, we were all around 10, 12, mm -hmm. and uh, we're not supposed to be, he wasn't supposed to go to the railroad tracks. There were certain kids in our neighborhood who were banned. Now, my dad... He trusted us, and he said, mm. go for it. But some of them, you know, I guess there were helicopter parents back then. But Jeffrey Eller shouldn't have been on the railroad tracks because one time they were all fishing yeah. by a bridge by mm -hmm. the East River. Fishing, we go fish okay. by the East River, catch bullheads and carp. And a train came, and everybody would kind of go down about 50 yards up ahead and then go down a trail off to the side while the train went by. Mm -hmm. So everybody made it, but Jeffrey was a, a, a slow-running little kid, and they said, the train is coming, and he's running down the middle of the tracks. And it's going to, and they're yelling, get off the tracks, get off the tracks. And at the last minute, the kid dodged off. Mm -hmm. But my, I wasn't there. My brother witnessed, he said, he almost got hit. Train's hitting its horn, Jeez. and he was just not the sharpest. He panicked is what he did. Oh, and he yeah, couldn't yeah. think, and he's just running, trying to catch up with the others. He's yeah. in the middle of the track with the train right yeah. behind. Yeah. And he almost got, uh, he almost got wow. run over. But otherwise, you have to be pretty, a pretty not so sharp kid to get run over by. Like you said, two types of people get hit by trains: those that want to, and those listening to loud music. But in is headphones. that true? Did someone really yeah, get? Because how loud could the music be if you can't hear a train? It was. Uh, it was in Oconomowoc. It was a number of years back. Yeah, not that five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, some uh, young, I forget if he was a teenager or what, uh, yeah, got hit by the train. He was, and it's right in town there. Well, I know and, a guy in Pewaukee got hit by a car a couple of years back jogging on the street, and mm -hmm. he was listening to music. I heard that story. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, anyway. I guess, don't I, listen I, I, to music. Yeah, if you're, you're by, if you're crossing the railroad tracks, uh, take your headsets off. But railroad tracks. Or just be more aware. Just have some yeah. awareness. Yeah. Well, you know what? In today's world, let's talk about awareness. Yeah. How many people are just so oblivious to what's going on around them? Oh, God, yes, without many. a doubt. Many. Yeah. I mean, you have to be, in today's world, you got to be aware. Of what's around. Of yeah, what's, that's right. what's going on. You mm -hmm. have to. You can't just put your head in the sand. And uh, In parking lots, I don't know about you, Tom, but with all these carjackings mm -hmm. and all this stuff, that especially at night, when I'm in a parking lot, and I go to open my truck, I do look around. Yep. I look around to make sure I, you know, because mm -hmm. if you're just oblivious, loading your groceries in, whatever, then you're making yourself a, a soft target. Yep, yep. Got to right. be paying attention. I mean, it's one thing whether you believe in concealed carry or not. Mm -hmm. 
but you can do things just to make But yourself. even if you are carrying, you still have to be cognizant of your surroundings because somebody can be on you in an instant before you ever get that concealed carry out. You know, so yeah, right. yeah I got to pay attention. Uh, we got one more break to go, Danny. One more break. We'll be right back. Maybe we'll talk a little more, Pike. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that and a few other things. Stay tuned for more. 799-1250 is the phone number. It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, and Tom, uh, a name of an old friend of ours came up, Randy Reading, one of our listeners. Uh, he was a avid pike fisherman, and uh, he used to go up there years ago and do that uh, Lake of the Woods fishing, and now yeah. he's retired, and I think he's been hitting that Door County area. So uh, hitting the bottle, one of the two. No, no, Randy doesn't drink. <laughs> he doesn't. He's I a serious, joking. he's a pike fisherman. <laughs> I was joking. But, but you know... We were just talking about pike on Big Mosquito during the break, and, and and it's about time they start listening to us about putting a slot size out there instead of that stupid 40-inch size limit. You know, it's it's about time. You know, I mean, it, it well, the lake it's not of, working. The Lake of the Woods fishery went in the mid-'90s to that slot limit because mm-hmm. they listened to the recreational consumers that they wanted pike. And they spear up there, too. There's yeah. guys that spear... But they went to that slot thing, and it's a huge success story. And I wish that they would do that on the Bay of Green Bay. Oh, definitely. But no, it's five fish any size, which makes you know, zero sense whatsoever. Make it 226. I, I just don't understand the thinking at all. It should be all. a slot limit up there, too. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's just like on Lake LaBelle with the walleyes. Do a slot limit. What's with the stupid 28-inch size limit? I mean, I shouldn't say it's stupid. The DNR is trying to do something, but, but I mean, let's face it. Fact is, is that over the years, you know, the DNR people, they don't get everything right. I mean, nobody's perfect. Every now and then, they you know, they say, well, maybe we ought to rethink this. This wasn't really working, you know. So, you know, this is another one of those things where they maybe they thought about it and said, well... Maybe this isn't wasn't the great greatest thing to do. Maybe we should put a slot limit, and they're going to discuss it now. You know, there's well, a lot. You know, well, lot I've st- I've noticed uh, Ben, who's our biologist, Ben Heisner. He's, yeah, he's been he's he, been really good yeah, as far he's as a good guy listening yeah. to uh, the wall. He's been working with changing regulations with the Pewaukee chapter of Walleyes for tomorrow. I mean, he was very good as far as working with them, and uh, we got some of the changes on Pewaukee done. Did some changes on the Pike thing, so. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, so there's been some pretty good progress made. What, hey, Jazz, what? are you listening? Jazz. It's been ringing for the last two minutes. <laughs> can I can I do my producing work over here? No. 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 Can I? Can I? Can I? Can no, I? No, you can't. You got to answer the phone. No reproducing in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. None let of me, that let me do my job, and let me <laughs> let me let me do my producing. Of here, Tom just about fell off shooter. his chair waving no, over there. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get your well, Tom, attention. Tom, now remember, we got to keep all our studio business off the air. Thank you, Why? Dan Bush. Why? Why? The, the, Why? the listeners you know, don't want to know. And Tom, me, Tom, me, a phone can answer ring. Answer the phone. A phone can ring for more than one. I then, let my phone ring for thirty minutes when yeah. I called the big show. But we're not. We're not the big show. 
Yes, we are. No, we're not the big show. Yeah, we are. The cutting edge outdoors. outdoors. We yeah. are the show. We are the show when it comes to outdoors yeah. in Wisconsin. You know what? I don't even answer my but, phone half the time at home. Really? No. You don't either. Oh, well, no. I You're look, worse. You I, won't even look at a text. No, no. I, well, yeah, I never look at those. But I, I, when I, when somebody's calling the home phone, I look at it first, and if I recognize the number, I pick it up. If Tom lived in if Hawaii when they had that like nuclear missile warning, yeah. you'd have been the only guy strolling on the beach whistling, walking your dog, because you don't te- check your text. That's right. I would have been wiped out. Who do you got there, Jazz? I would have been wiped out. What What do you got? I've got Al from the Congress who wants to talk to you guys. Okay. About uh, whatever topic we were yeah. on as good I morning, was doing Al. my producing work. Good morning, Al. Good, good morning, gentlemen, and I, I'm happy you enjoy your producing work, but it would be nice if you picked up the phone. All right, Al, that, thanks for your time. It was great to hear from you. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm cutting him off. I've got the drop button. That drop anyway, button's looking Tom real nice. Dan, good morning. How are you today? Well, doing okay. Fair to Midland. Oh, yeah, that's well, funny. What, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Yeah, yeah. same to uh, <laughs> Tom, I heard you talking about Lake LaBelle. Yeah. It is going, a, a slot limit is being proposed for Lake right. LaBelle. Right, proposed, yes. Yeah. They and finally finally listened to. Slot limit on Okachi for Northern, just like they're doing for Big Muskego Lake. Good. So, the. Good. There's, it's about uh, time they listened to us. Uh, Right away, Tom. They gotta listen. About time. Listen to me. About time you listen to me. Judging it on the biomass, Lake LaBelle's experiment is not working. Where they thought if they had a more fish over at 28 and below, they'd get reproduction. That really isn't happening. So there's there's availability there. The same thing on Okachi. There's five northern per acre. On Okachi, that's a tremendous amount of fish, mm-hmm. but they're all small. A lot of them are very small, so they are making the judgment that if we remove some of them, the ones that remain could get bigger. So, when- and of course, on Big Muskego, that was a a predator prey situation because the lake had been lowered and you know and poisoned off and restocked a couple of times, and now they think that with the existing population they have at the size that they have, they can afford some take in that slot size and still maintain the predator prey to keep the carp down and so forth. So, so Al, when you say proposed, does that mean it's being proposed as part of the spring hearings as a resolution that someone wrote up? Or is the Not DNR actually... Pro- this, is, this is coming from Ben. Okay, well, then, then it'll it get done. Happen. It, it'll be in the. It could be in the spring hearing book next year, and then rule changes could happen. You've got to remember that rule changes happen in even in odd number of years. So, how about so, that lake trout thing? Did they get that change? Was this the even or odd year that they were gonna, or are they gonna wait a year for that? Do you know? As far as I know, they're still waiting on that. That's what I thought, Tom. Mm. I was telling Tom earlier that I thought that some there was. It's like. Going to be passed or is passed, but not implemented yet. Hmm. There's an awful lot of discussion. You're talking about the five lake trout rule, yeah, or, yeah, or, right. the res- or the refuge. Five lake trout, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's proponents and opponents of it. So okay, you know, seems like the only thing else. that gets implemented immediately is a deer regulation, and they do it before the pamphlets even, like a week later. 
That's the only one that gets done immediately. Well, <laughs> we could. I won't even get you going on that one. You're talking about Dan, yeah. If it's a health rule, yeah. Yeah. If it's something that comes through the legislature in a budget, it's law. It has to happen. Yeah. So you know, there's there's a couple of different things that can go about it. Al, uh, our, our producer's waving his arms over here. I t- put your arm down. You're losing ring. friends. You're not doing anything. <laughs> but What's anyway, going I guess on? we got to get going, Al. <laughs> Let the phone ring. Who cares? God, yeah. So, so what? Who, who cares? <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys. Take care. See ya, Al. Take care. Bye now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can just imagine somebody tuning into the show for the first time and hearing this going like, what the hell are these guys doing over there? What's going on over here? Hey, you know what I would tell them? All hunting. You know what I would tell them? So what? what? Who, Who cares? cares? All yeah. hunting, all fishing, all the time. Yeah. Whenever I tell people about our show and I say it's about all fishing all the time, I say, but... We do get off topic at times and talk about weird things like marriage advice. Here's my weird thing of the week. Beer, whatever. Right. Here's Bushy's gripe of the week. As we get the closing music going. Right. Here we go. Weird weird fact. Here's my gripe of the week. Subaru. I would never buy a Subaru. Neither would I. If I have to see one commercial, more commercial that says love, that's what makes a Subaru, I'm going to throw up. It's a goddamn car. (laughs) You don't give me all this love crap. Who came up with that marketing? That's from that old movie, Mr. Mom, where they had Terry Garr came up with this crazy advertising. That's what it reminds me of. Love. That's what makes a Subaru. No. Uh, it's a car. Steel and Love. plastic and What's hum- human hands. What guy got paid way too much money to say, I got it. Love. Love. Yeah, That's love. what. That'll yeah. be our marketing campaign. It's just like people always say, what's the secret ingredient in your recipe? It's made with love. Oh, it's made oh, with love. Oh, screw that. Loving. Love, and love and care. It's mountain grown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah you know what it. happens on we, those mountains with them donkeys. Stop. They're peeing we them move. all over we got- we got to move on. It's Special to... shout out again. Yeah. Now that I've said, my godparents are listening. Oh, now I've really? got my parents listening. My aunt and uncle are listening. Shout out to Rob and Lisa. Wow. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Bob Hayes and Madison. We can talk about the day sometime when we get together. We were both almost. Well, we well, won't go there. I got plenty more, but we got to wait till next week. And that's all I got. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Talk to you all next week, my friends. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 